0: Lisa likes the window seat at night, the lights below that tell her she's nearly home. Then there's the lights she can't see, the runway lights we power to bring her plane safely into land. And because at Energia we also power all of Ireland's
1: street lights, Lisa's taxi home is that bit safer too. And no prizes for guessing who powers her house. Welcome home, Lisa. Energia,
0: the power behind your power. mcdowell Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host Ryan mcdowell joined as always by
1: Matt Williamson. Matt, how are you doing today? I am great, Ryan. How are you? My Pens beat the uh, Caps last night in game 7. The, the city is flying high. I was looking bleak there for a while, but all's well. I, I don't even know what you're talking about, but
0: congratulations. <laughs> we don't know about that in in the Bluegrass State, but uh, I know the the Pittsburgh folks are excited. Absolutely, Matt. Today we are going to uh, we're we're flying solo or or maybe duo. I don't know. It's just it's just us two, no guest. We're going to answer quite a few listener questions. Most of those related to rookies and rookie drafts, which are going on. How how are your rookie drafts going?
1: I've only had the one. You know that we did talk about. Um, and I wasn't super active in that one. I only had one pick, so I don't have a whole lot to report. How about you? I have a feeling you're a little more active than me. Yeah,
0: I've had quite a few. had some rookie drafts, of course, and some rookie auctions as well, which are always fun. Um, yeah, lots of movement. I, I mentioned this the other day on Twitter. I found myself trading down much more than than I thought I would. Okay. Um, with And maybe that's because you can move down and still get some – some quality players, maybe that's the depth of some of these tiers, especially the second tier. Um, but that wasn't necessarily the plan going in. But got some strong offers, and I've been moving down. Actually, just moved down from the six pick overall. Was probably looking at Mike Williams, and got the twelve mm-hmm. overall, the thirteen overall, and the twenty-two overall. So. Three picks okay. in that in that top 25 range, as we talked about last week, that's kind of where we want to be to get multiple shots at it. So I gave up Mike Williams, who I, I do like, but um, to, get, to get three of those guys in that next year, I feel pretty good about that.
1: I, I guess my next question is, if you're moving down a lot, did you find yourself picking up a lot of future picks?
0: Um, I got one. In most cases, I'm either trading for players or – just multiple picks. And like in this deal, I just mentioned, I I did, uh, I was able to acquire one 2018 first and moved out of the uh, 2.02 pick. Um, So even that early second brought a first round value for next year.
1: That makes sense. Yeah.
0: I think that's fair. All right. As I said, we are going to answer some of your questions. We'll get to as many as we can. We were lucky to get quite a few. And as always, if we don't answer them on here, we will try to do that on Twitter the first one comes from Bob, and Bob says, "What do I do with my two rookie picks from last season? Uh, he last year he drafted Josh Dotson, Laquan Treadwell. We both know how that went. Uh, and what's their value in twenty seventeen picks? Before we get to their, I guess their current value in drafts, what are you doing with those two? Are you? I know you're you're a Dotson fan a little bit." Uh, are you still a believer in him? is he are you buying either one of those guys?
1: I would be buying Dachson. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's in a really good situation. I know they brought him prior, but their moves indicate to me that they have faith in him. They obviously loved him from back when. I heard even Greg Cosell say in this this week or last week, you know how, and I forgot this, but Doxon was his top ranked wide receiver in that group. I think he projects well. For touchdowns, you know, he's not just a big play specialist or something like that. Treadwell, if you got him, I don't think you could sell him. And, oh, by the way, they signed Michael Floyd yesterday too. I'm not sure that that's huge news, but, you know, he's had success in this league, in you know, and now he's a Viking. I, You can't get anything for Treadwell. I don't think I'm buying either, though. I mean, I don't want anything to do with him. I mean, and I loved him. I really did. But, boy, I want to see something. I'd like to hear a good blurb or something about the guy.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same boat. I uh, I got offered, and I think this, this might be a league we're in together. I think it is. I got offered Treadwell for a future second-round pick. And before I could even make up my mind, somebody else had accepted the same deal. So I'm sure the, Treadwell, okay, yeah. the tra- Treadwell owner had made multiple offers, which is understandable, and somebody else took him up on it. But I guess that says something that uh, – as, as high as I was on Treadwell this time last year, that, that was a question. I couldn't decide somebody else accepted that same deal and gave a 2018 second, but that's about where his value is. And uh, Bob is asking about current pick value. I certainly don't think Treadwell is worth a first-rounder, uh, even though no. many people spent the one one two or 1-3 on him this time last year. Um, I, I mean, to me, he's in that – Mid second round range, uh, if you're talking about current picks, what about Dotson? Where are you? You said you'd be a buyer. Are you giving up? Let's get him out of that top tier, that top six. Are you giving the one seven for Dotson?
1: I was just about to ask you, would you rather have Dotson or Mike Williams? Because I think I'd rather have Dotson. So okay. I'll give you one six, but I won't give you one five.
0: I won't give any of that. I'm, but I'm not a Dotson fan. Okay. Uh, you're right, I know. Uh, I, I do think the situation looks um, better. I think the moves that the Redskins have made and haven't made this offseason uh, bode well for their faith in him. But who's his quarterback next year? That's what I was about yeah, to say. We, we have no I idea. Mean, there's so on top of the health issues, um, there there's some other things to be concerned about. I still think, in general, if you're talking market value, one six one seven one eight that's probably what you're going to see Treadwell go for.
1: Dotson, right. Do- you said Treadwell, yes. Right, right, right. Yes, yes. sorry. Um, one more Treadwell question. And if I recall, I mean, 365 days ago, I think you and I had Treadwell at like 1-2 or 1-3, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was that high, right? Yes,
0: yeah. He, he was uh, he was the 1-2 for me for sure. Again, I, I wasn't a Dotson fan then either. So he was the easy
1: two pick for me hmm Wow. I mean, ima- I mean, if you take back, if you take a step back and think, boy, his stock has fallen so dramatically. And it's not like he's in a Josh Gordon situation or a Martavis Bryan situation or, you know, shredded his Achilles or something. I mean, he just didn't get on the field. I mean, at all. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but wow. I mean, it it was only one year ago we loved him.
0: So does that mean we should be buying them, especially if you're talking about
1: random like future, future seconds?
0: Second.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe I should have done the deal. Maybe, but the bikes haven't exactly uh, you know, alluded, exuded confidence in the guy.
0: No, and, and if we want to talk quarterback for
1: Dotson, uh, we have to do the same with Treadwell. Uh, Not as much, though. I mean, I don't think – I think Bridgewater is going to be out of the equation. I think Bradford is going to be a long-term starter there, where I think Cousins is – they're renting him for one more year in Washington, and then who knows? I don't know if – I don't know if uh, Bradford being the long-term starter is a good thing, though. I hear what you're saying. I I still protect this guy a little bit. I mean, I, I feel like he gets a bum rap because everywhere he goes – He's also the the, the easiest guy in the world to defend. You can always blame somebody else for his struggles. But last year, I felt like that offense became unbelievably conservative and unbelievably short passing game because they had me and you and three other jokers blocking for him. You know, I think that they had to adapt.
0: And they they had no running game either. So
1: Correct. But it goes back to the line.
0: Right. An an improved line through the draft. Dalvin Cook through the draft. Maybe Mm – Maybe a big change this year. Next question. This one is just for you. This comes from Steve. What is the obvious change in the offensive philosophy for Jacksonville, bringing in Tom Coughlin, adding Fournette uh, with their early first-round pick? What does that mean for their passing game, specifically Allen Robinson? So how do you see that offense changing?
1: Well, to take it one step further, I think we have to realize that if you recall in 2014, They used a second-round pick on Marquise Lee and Allen Robinson. Both those guys will be free agents now. You know, they're coming up for free agency at the same time. So it was kind of an inconspicuous pick, but they drafted D.D. Westbrook. So I'm wondering if they're going to lock up Lee or more likely Robinson, and then Westbrook gets inserted as a different type of guy who's going to be in a lot more – run-first, play-action, take-deep-shots type of Tom Coughlin conservative offense. And in a way, it's kind of like the Vikes, where I think that the Jags' approach to winning football games is going to be similar to Minnesota's, in that we've built ourselves a pretty good D here, and we have a lot invested in it. We did pick up Bortles' fifth-year option, you know, same draft class, and we, we used a very early pick on Cam Robinson, a highly th- sought-after offensive lineman but I think everything goes through Fournette um I still think Allen Robinson has number one wide receiver value and skills and would it be the worst thing in the world if he left Jacksonville you know like I don't know that that would kill his value especially goes somewhere you know replaces Jeffrey and Philly or whatever Um, (laughs) but I do think they are in the process of a scheme change but it's going to be a lot of Fournette all the time. I mean, I think it's to be like 1980s football.
0: Uh, We we mentioned it last week. Uh, I really see several teams that seem to be going with a a new offensive philosophy. And I'm just really anxious to see how that plays out. Carolina is another one. Um, And and of course, we've seen it with Jacksonville. So um, that's almost a wait and see thing. I don't I don't think. I mean, it could certainly hurt the volume when when it comes to Robinson, as far as the number of targets he sees or the number of passes Bortles even attempts. But I'm not sure that's necessarily a bad thing in the end. If if he can see better targets as a result of a good run game,
1: right? More eight man boxes, more one on one situations, more play action, more defenses keying on Fournette, and I also think. Probably this next offseason, they'll add some sort of tight end of relevance too.
0: Yeah, they almost have to. I I don't think – yeah, they just have nothing left there. No, you're right. Next question comes from Eric. He says he has Amari Cooper, Des Bryant, Jordy Nelson, Cooks, Demarius, and the 1.02 pick, but nothing at running back. He already knows Fournette is going 1.01. So does he take Davis or does he – take a running back or does he even trade for a running back I guess and what's your call well I think a lot of people are going to be in this situation because I think that that top tier and again when when we're talking top tier we mentioned this last week I think we agree that we see it as a top tier of four and then a slight drop to five and six Mm -hmm. so anybody in that top tier they're all they're all pretty close so can you, would you be using need as a tiebreaker, essentially? Do, um, do you have that mentality of, I need a running back, so I'm taking one here, because the, the normal advice is draft the best player available, don't worry about need, especially when you're talking about rookie drafts.
1: And I guess to look into it further, if that's who he has at receiver, he has to be a contender, I would think, you know, that, He's not a bottom dweller, probably didn't earn that one, two spot. So to compound the situation, I just want to grab Mixon or McCaffrey and make a run this year, even though that's not my normal philosophy. I mean, I'm not saying that's what I do, but I think you have to think about it through that perspective as well. And I also think that I would have been shopping Dez, Jordy and Demarius all offseason anyways, you know, that I, I think you could get you know, something pretty strong for those guys. Um, and then you, to, and, and still take Davis in the end. Uh, if this is it in a nutshell, I take Davis at one, two, and I'm shopping my receivers for running back help.
0: I'm okay with that. I think the only, the only issue with shopping those guys you mentioned, Des, Jordy, Demarius, I don't think the off season is the time to do that. The off season is when people Mm. are focused on these rookies. Their, their only mindset is unlimited upside with young players. And and, I mean, I've, I've been there too, and I I still kind of get to that point sometimes. So the off season is the time to buy veterans. And if you can hold off and sell those guys during the season, if, if those are the moves you need to make, if he's a contender, just ride it out. But in the end, I think this class is close enough that, that top four that I think you can consider need. He if he has terrible options at running back, I don't know how many he starts. If he starts two, that makes it another makes it even easier to go with a running back at, at two overall, I would say.
1: That's a great point. And I think most, you know, experienced dynasty people know this, but some people that are just listening that only play uh, you know, regular base fantasy type leagues. There are most of the dynasty leagues out there you can get away with starting one running back, which is a huge advantage, you know. But if he has to start two, I think that's a tiebreaker for me. Then I'm taking Mixon and McCaffrey and plugging them in and starting them every week as opposed to Davis, who I do like better.
0: Next question comes from John. I think this is going to be an easy one for you, Matt. New dynasty startup, would you trade the 1.03? So the 1.03 overall in a new league for the 1.11 and – the two two, he says the top two picks are going to be Elliott and Beckham. So Zeke and OBJ off the board. He gets the one point oh three. Probably Mike Evans, maybe David Johnson, depending on how you like to build your team. Or you can have two picks in the top uh, what the top fourteen.
1: I want the two picks yeah. and easily for me to be honest with you, and and I don't have a a dynasty top 25 or anything like that i have a rookie list but i don't have a veteran list but i would think evans is a pretty clear three if i were sitting there and those two are gone and then 111 i mean what are you looking at then are you talking worst case is that brandon cooks or um oh i don't think who's going in that neighborhood uh, off the top of your head
0: robinson hopkins aj green is sometimes falling there um michael thomas
1: cooks right And you can still keep trading back, you know. So, yeah, Evans is great, but he's not worth Cooks and Hopkins.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's potentially what you're looking at too from that group. And, right, yeah, I definitely agree. I want the two picks. I I love the idea of trading down in a dynasty startup. Uh, That's that's really strong value to get two of those top uh, 14 picks. Anthony wants to know about Carlos Hyde. I know he's a guy you like as well, Matt. He's trying to flip Hyde. Hoping to get the 1.06, but wants to know if we would settle for the
1: 1.09. I do like Hyde a lot as a player, and I think he's potentially, or, you know, often over or underrated. But man, I'm souring on him, you know. And part of it goes back to our podcast from last week how much how excited I am about Joe Williams. If I'm the Niners, I think I'm shopping Hyde. I obviously understand he has a hard time staying on the field. His receiving prowess or lack thereof doesn't exactly endear him to Shanahan. He's not Freeman or Coleman, that's for sure. But a new home might do him good. What if he ended up in Philadelphia? Um, but I would rather have one six for sure than Carlos Hyde right now. I really just don't like the one nine, one ten, one eleven area of the draft. But I guess that's his value. You know, I, I kind of feel like if I were to trade Hyde for one nine. I would then be shopping
0: 1-9. I think so too, but if you're shopping 1-9, you can almost certainly get a 2018 first rounder if you wanted to settle for that. and you might, you might get even more.
1: That's a good way of looking at so it. So the question would is... Would you rather have 1-9 or a 2-thousand? Would you rather have Hyde, 1-9, or an 18 first? I don't know, but Hyde is the last of those choices. would
0: <laughs> okay. I would take any, I'd take any first rounder for him.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: this year or or 18, really. Um, some of the same concerns you have new coaching staff and the injury history. Yeah, he's I'd, I'd be getting out from him. Uh, Anthony has another question. Uh, he also has the one point oh one pick and really surprised that he's not getting some some major offers. He wants to know if it's maybe just the the mindset of
1: anybody in the top four will work. See, I think you'll be way more down into this than I would. I mean, you've done more, more drafts, and you're more on top of the day-to-day, you know, dynasty vibes. Right. But I would imagine that's it. I mean, yeah. if there, if anyone's listening to us, the difference between one four and one one is very minimal. I think that's
0: certainly it. And you know, I sense Anthony's frustration with that because you you get the one one whether you trade for it or earn it the the, the old-fashioned way, and then you expect to just be able to. To trade that pick for a ransom, and this year it's not really happening in trades. The the one one, the one two, the one three, they're all bringing similar value. So that doesn't mean you can't trade the pick. It just means it's worth about the same as even the one point oh four. So that is frustrating. But I would either try to move down slightly and stay inside that top four, even if you're just getting you know, uh, an early third rounder, or late second rounder thrown in,
1: or I'd simply just pick my favorite guy and, and move forward with it. If I had one four and you had one one and I said, let's swap and I'll give you my 18 second. Do you take it? I mean, it doesn't seem like much. I mean, for most years, you know, everyone would say no most years.
0: Yeah, probably, probably not. Um, I mean, I'm not desperate to move out. I'm happy to take Corey Davis I like all three running backs, but they all have their warts. <laughs> so I probably wouldn't take that. But again, if you're desperate to move down, that's the return you might be looking at.
1: Yeah, that sounds like the going rate.
0: Tyson says, "Who are a couple names that will outperform their rookie ADP?" Uh, and he mentions Jordan Howard from last year as an example. So who are some guys maybe going in that second or third round range? that you could see maybe making an immediate impact is you already mentioned Joe Williams. Is he one of those guys? Do you think he can make,
1: oh, I think can so. he make a difference
0: yeah. in 2017?
1: I think so. I mean, I think Kareem Hunt could, I think P Ryan absolutely could and may even be the front runner to start there. Um, something big would have to happen for Connor to get there, but if it th- if it would, it would be a big shift and a huge hit. I think you really need to to pay attention to what's going on in Green Bay. Uh, Jamal Williams, if he doesn't get too much resistance from Aaron Jones, I think could become the lead back there.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what to make in Green Bay, honestly. I I, I think – I still think Montgomery is the guy, unlike some of these other spots like Washington and uh, and even Kansas City. I'm Mm -hmm. not ready to just give up on the veteran there – in favor of the of the young guys um i I like i still like montgomery quite a bit i think he can at the very least be be a productive flex type option in fantasy leagues um and be a you know be half of that committee attack
1: what about wayne gallman with the giants or marlon mack with the colts uh
0: i'm I'm off of both of those guys. I'm yeah. hope I'm hoping somebody takes those either or both of those guys in the mid second. I would not be surprised at all if the Giants and the Colts both took a first round running back next year. Um, we we talked for over a year about the how great the 2017 class is. We're going to start doing the same with the 2018 class. There's uh, two two running backs that just look to be on that elite level of uh, of some of these guys that we've seen the past couple of years with Gurley and Elliott and and Fournette, you know, just as prospects. Of course, talking about Barkley and Darius Geis, uh, but then there's there's some nice depth to that class too. A few other guys who are potential first rounders, Nick Chubb and others. So all that goes, you know, just goes to say that I don't think a third or fourth or fifth round pick is going to necessarily tie those teams to those running backs now I mean if they come out and perform like Jordan Howard that's a different story but I don't I don't really expect that
1: now my especially Mac and if if everyone not there listening remembers every expert we had on loved or hated Mac you know like there was no in between and they were wide views on him um but he's in the dome, and what if Gore breaks down, and he actually – you know, by week five, he's their lead back and catches a lot of passes and shootouts. I'm just making cases for them. I'm, I doubt either want to be on my team. But Gallman, he might be the, the goal line vulture. You know, what could be a pretty good offense? I, I think
0: Gallman has some value this year, Um, you know, as much mm-hmm. as some of these other guys we've mentioned. He would just be a guy I would be looking to sell – the first chance I got, you know, if we're looking for a profit. So if you take him,
1: two good games in a yeah, row. Yeah,
0: take him in the late second or the early third, and then you um, package him with a second rounder for a first or something like that. Uh, he would be a guy I would be looking to sell, but I do kind of expect some production. Uh, I don't think Paul Perkins is going to be the every down back there.
1: Well said. I agree. Uh, a
0: couple other guys I like in that. Second, third round range. I still like Taewon Taylor. He's kind of been going under the radar a little bit in some of my early drafts, falling to the third, and even – I think he even fell to the fourth round in, in one of those, which is crazy. So I like Taywan Taylor, Josh Reynolds. Wow. Um, Does Carlos Henderson ever fall to the third? Yeah.
1: yeah. Er, er, I, I like him quite a bit. Yep. I like him
0: quite a bit. Um, and then the um, Ardarius Stewart with the jets he's he's another one that i've been targeting in that second late second early third round range
1: yeah he's my 24th ranked player i'm a big stewart fan as well
0: jason wants to know about Devonte adams his value in rookie picks so um would you put Devonte adams in that top tier of mixon fournette uh mccaffrey and Corey davis is he valued? Should, should he be valued alongside those guys?
1: To me, I was going to start this conversation, I saw the question ahead and I was going to start the question, you know, the, the right back at you, like we did earlier, Mike Williams or Devonte Adams. I'd rather have Adams. I'd rather have Adams for sure. I'd rather have, have Adams
0: than cook. So.
1: Okay. That was the one I was on the fence about, but I was leaning towards Adams myself. But I think I'd rather have Mixon, McCaffrey, Fournette, or Davis, though. So he'd be fifth in my rookie board.
0: Yeah, um, I think he's in that in that that top tier for me. And I've, you know, I admittedly, have had such a hard time differentiating between those four guys. I've taken, I've taken McCaffrey over Fournette. I've taken Fournette over McCaffrey. Um, so it, it has become just a stock market thing. I'm, I'm investing a little bit in all four of those guys and, and Adams would be thrown into that group as well for me.
1: Yeah. I don't think we're far off there, but I do think I would take those three backs ahead of them. Um, I want to tell people about our our buddies over at loot crate. And if you've been listening, you've heard quite a bit about what these guys do. They send you a crate, um, a geeky crate, to be honest with you for under 20 bucks a month, every month, Um, And there's a new theme every month. And May's theme is Guardians. So there's some franchises that has, um, you know, their collectibles in them. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Destiny, Goonies, Star Wars, which is obviously a huge franchise. And one lucky subscriber will also win a Mega Crate featuring a premium format grouped figure from Sideshow Collectibles. that stands over 22 and a half inches tall, as many as other prizes. So. It's the best surprise you know is coming every month, whether it's for the geek in your life or if you are that geek, of course. Uh, Last month's month's theme was Investigate. They they did a bunch of X-Files things, which I was a big fan of. So very cool. They're authentic, licensed, exclusive products, and every month includes a different theme with new exclusive items. Um, Every crate is over $45 in value, and it costs you less than $20 a month. And it's even less than that when you go to lootcrate.com slash dynasty blueprint, all one word, enter the code dynasty blueprint, and you'll save a couple extra bucks off an already cheap subscription. And on the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific time, that's when the cutoff happens. And when it's over, it's over, and you'll be out of luck and you won't get your Guardian's Crate. So get on that now.
0: Next question comes from Keegan. He wants to know, which rookie quarterback outside of the top four would you look to stash on a deep – Superflex team. So I'm looking at the DLF rankings, and, and outside of the top four, of course, he's talking about Watson, Mahomes, Trubisky, and Deshaun Kaiser. So some of the other guys after that, uh, Davis Webb, Joshua Dobbs, Nathan Peterman, Brad Kaya, C.J. Bethard, Chad Kelly. Are you stashing any of those guys? I know you don't play Superflex, but uh, you certainly understand the value difference and, right. and how – even those young quarterbacks who, you know, who might turn into something or might get a chance have, have some major value. So out of those guys, Webb, Dobbs, Peterman, Kaya, Bethard, Kelly, who are you stashing?
1: I think if you're to play it kind of close to the vest, Peterman makes sense. You know, maybe Tyrod Taylor does not come back next year. This staff did not draft Cardell Jones. They did draft Peterman. Maybe they are looking for a real game manager type. If you want to roll the dice, I think Dobbs has some immense upside. You know, if Ben Roethlisberger would give it up after this year or the next, and he becomes the man. But to really roll the dice is the Matt Waldman favorite in Chad Kelly, you know, because he was Mr. Irrelevant. He goes to a gunslinger GM uh, building. Uh, Simeon, to me, is a total jag, and it's just going to get in the way, but not much. And he's not much resistance when you look big picture. Kelly's immensely talented and Lynch has been very immature slash, you know, not taking the the, the the job by the reins. And I know there's a lot of concerns about Kelly, but if he hits, he hits huge. And, you know, Matt Waldman's the one to, to, to listen to on this one. I think he had him as a second ranked quarterback in this draft class.
0: Yeah. I've got some concerns about Kelly. Like, like everyone does. Um, I mean, first of all, he's not going to throw a ball for, for what, four months or something like that. He's got, right. he's got an injury. So we can pretty much consider um, this 2017 season, a, a lost one for him or a red shirt season. Uh, but at, at the same time, I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm not worried about Simeon is a long-term, is a long-term option there. Same for, mm-hmm. Same for Lynch, honestly, at this point. Even though they spent a first-rounder on them, we've heard nothing positive out of him. You know, Tread, Treadwell gets all the all the hate because Dynasty owners spent a top-two pick on him. <laughs> right, but right. We've heard nothing positive and seen nothing positive from Lynch, the Broncos' first-rounder last year either. I, I guess the guy – I do think Lynch – I think Lynch will be the, the quarterback this year, though. You think
1: – Sink or swim. Okay,
0: so you think he beats out Simeon? Do you think they – Stick with Simeon as, as a backup.
1: Yes, and Kelly, Kelly, like you said, is probably a total redshirt guy. But if Lynch sinks instead of swims, then maybe they look at Kelly and say, "Well, you're healthy. You've been in the system for a year. Let's give you at least an opportunity to win a job."
0: Yeah, that could put them in a really bad spot. You know, if oh, yeah. if, if they decide Simeon is is just you know, just a jag, like you said, just a guy, just backup quality. They give Lynch a shot. If he flops, now they're at this point next year or they're early in the off season next year. They know it's not Lynch. They know it's not Simeon. And they've all they have is this guy that they spent the last pick in the entire draft on. Who's a punk off the field, you know, to, to be kind. And is coming off this serious injury. So, yeah, that would just be a tough spot. They would have to add a quarterback, you would think, in the 2018 draft, but how early? They, right, they, it would be ugly. Yeah, they, it's going to be ugly. The, the other guy, and I think you mentioned him, Josh Dobbs, um, he was not a guy I necessarily thought, thought I would be targeting or stashing pre-draft, but I like the landing spot with Pittsburgh. Big Ben gets hurt every single year. And, and of course now there's this retirement talk, uh, which is probably going to be a year to year thing. I didn't even think Dobbs would be a quarterback. Honestly, I thought they would try to convert him to DB or,
1: or something else.
0: So uh, I think he has, he has some 2017
1: value. I think. Maybe I just don't, I kind of disagree on that one. You know, they just re-signed Landry Jones they like Landry Jones more than I do that if, if, and when Ben gets hurt, I think it's Jones for two or three games.
0: Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Matthew Mills yeah. has a question about tight ends and I think it's a good question and a good topic. Uh, we're always told don't draft rookie tight ends early because they take time to develop. What makes this crop so different? He said it, it feels like this year is the opposite of, of the normal, the normal tendencies that, we say, wait on these tight ends. It'll be three years before they help your fantasy teams or help their NFL teams, yet we see Ingram and Njoku and O.J. Howard going in the, in the first round or in the early second round of rookie drafts. What makes this class different? Do you expect them, them being those three, or, or any of the later guys, do you expect them to, to develop quicker or do you think their upside is just so great that it's worth spending a first-round pick on?
1: See, I think you said this well last week. I, I think this is how you phrased it. it. was something along the lines of, I really like Engram and Howard and the Joku, but I have a feeling I can buy them for 75 cents on the dollar in week eight. You know what I mean? Isn't that kind of like the thoughts you had on it? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And I think that's great because – you know, like last week, right before the the podcast, when we were putting together our rookie ranks, after I got to Kamara at 1 7, all of a sudden I was just looking at it like, I don't like P. Ryan enough. I don't like Hunt enough. I guess I'll take a tight end at 1 8, 1 9, but I don't really want to. And that's a big reason why that portion of this, this rookie draft is not a sweet spot for me. So I kind of think that the answer to this question is. Yeah, these are three exceptional NFL you know, prospects. But from where we sit in a dynasty perspective, I, I don't think they're any different than any other year. I bet they don't put up big numbers this year.
0: Yeah, uh, the trade I mentioned earlier where I was on the clock at, and I think it was 2.02, Injoku 02, is the guy I was looking at. And the offer comes through basically uh, 2018 first, and I, I got a little – upgrade later in the draft as well and i'm thinking if we if we fast forward a week or two and somebody else has Injoku and they offer me a trade of him for my 2018 first am i doing that and i and, no. and i thought no not probably not even considering it so I, I guess that way of thinking about it helped me uh helped me make that deal
1: and along those lines, like you said originally, say it is week eight, what's the chances Njoku has five touchdowns and 600 yards with Kessler and Kaiser thrown on the ball?
0: Yeah, not, not, very, not very, very slim.
1: Good. Right. I bet he has 230 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, maybe he has three or four plays. You say, oh, that looks good. But might not even be seeing the field right I mean, the chances that his his stock goes up dramatically to me is pretty slim. It's pretty high right now. All
0: right, Matt. This is going to be our last question. This comes from William, and he says, "With the latest denial from the NFL, this is this is some the big news of the day. Should we give up on Josh Gordon in Dynasty? What are your thoughts on on Gordon overall?"
1: I don't think you give up. I don't think you cut him for a fourth tight end. You know that you kind of like that's out there. He can still. I, I, I briefly read. I read the Roto World clip today. It sounds like in the fall he can ask again, and I don't know what will change. I mean, I guess if he's a model citizen for this much time longer and passes every test that they ask of him and all those things that he has a chance to get back in, but, I mean, so no. I mean, if, if, if it's a yes, you know, this was a yes-no question, should we give up on Josh Gordon Dynasty? No. But would you rather Josh Gordon or Michael Floyd? <laughs> I mean, he's like in that realm now. Like, he did something good. But, you know, I, I have Michael Floyd in the league and somebody offered me an 18 third for him. I'm like, well, oh, eh, no, I'll keep him.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not, not giving up on Gordon. I only have him on one league or one roster at this point. But I'm certainly not dropping him. I would I would trade him if there was any interest, but I don't think there
1: will be. You wouldn't trade him for an 18 third though, right? No.
0: Oh, I mean I'd still want a second. It's it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, right? eh, yeah. What
1: I mean, if we if at? we're talking a
0: third rounder this year, one of those early third rounders, and Carlos Henderson fell or Adarius Stewart was there, I mean I, I'd take Adarius Stewart for him. I'd take Josh Reynolds for him.
1: Yeah. So you know, if you're on the clock, you know, uh, or someone's on the clock at three one and they want out and they say, hey, I'll give you three one for Gordon, and you can get Henderson, then yeah,
0: right the only
1: but no one's going to do that. No. Right?
0: The only thing I thought of <laughs> I, I hope they do. But right, no one's going to. The that. only thing I thought of when I saw that report today was I don't I didn't look this up. I don't have this detailed history laid out, but I remember a similar situation with an earlier Gordon suspension where he was turned down or or at least it was pushed back and everybody took that as terrible news, the end of the world, his value is shot. and then right before I, I think it was right before the season and I can't even remember what season it was, but they brought him back. So I guess that I mean we have no idea how the the inner workings of the NFL go, especially as far as these suspensions, you know they let Bryant comes back and Daryl Washington comes comes back after uh, after I think he missed a couple of years maybe if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then and then they just keep turning down Josh Gordon. So we have no idea what's going on with him or with the NFL. But I would just say, I still think there's a chance they they reinstate him in the fall.
1: Along those lines, there's another Twitter question. This one comes in from at Williamson NFL. Okay, directed directed uh, exactly at Ryan, not at Matt. And in a a hyperactive league, it so so happens. Um, this, this Williamson character has been asking about hometown favorite, favorite Martavis Bryant. The trade, the, the current owner of Mr. Bryant is not happy with 113 and something, you know, some spare change, some garbage uh, for Bryant. He's insisting on 117. Uh, Team Williamson isn't biting on that. He also owns two six and two eight, so you own one seven, one thirteen, two six, two eight. What are you willing to give up in that package for Martavis? It's a good question. Uh, I
0: think you're right. I, I certainly wouldn't give that mid first rounder.
1: No, I can't do one. No, seven.
0: and and I mean I've said I, I think on here and on Twitter that um, I I just don't trust Brian at this point. I love the talent. I love just what he can do on the field it's it's amazing and he could be a top he could be a top 10 wide receiver if we can if he he can get past the the off-field stuff Um, I have no idea if he's done that there there have been some good reports some videos of him working out and things on YouTube I've seen Uh, and and of course he's he's back now he's been reinstated conditionally so the signs are looking good. If I'm a Bryant believer, a Bryant fan, if I'm a Steelers fan, like I think this, this listener might be this person posing the question. (laughs) um, I'm willing to give one thirteen and probably one of those second rounders as well. Um, So I I would do that, but I would not give the one seven.
1: Right. One seven's off the table here. You know, it's for, in this situation for me, he won't bite on one thirteen, but that's an area that I'm not really loving the draft. Uh, there's an offer of one thirteen and three ten. He doesn't seem too excited about that as well. Maybe 2.8 and one thirteen is what gets it done, I suppose.
0: Yeah, like I said, if you're a Bryant believer, I think that's I think that's pretty fair value. Um, of course, this you know this might be. It's probably not the worst time to buy Bryant, but if you're a Bryant guy, those those are deals you should have been
1: pushing for three months ago. One more note on that, and I just want to double-check it. I went to, to SpotTrack.com. His contract's up after the year. I mean, he's one of those many receivers from that 2014 draft class. You know, we talked about Allen Robinson, Marquise Lee, you know, the Moncriefs of the world. Remember all those receivers that came out? Well, all those guys that aren't first round pick, they're they're gonna be free agents after this year. And I can't imagine that the Steelers are gonna give him big money, but maybe somebody will.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I was gonna say. You're you're obviously plugged in there in, in Pittsburgh and and just think about yeah,
1: they're not gonna give a big money. Think about I would the, think not the
0: type of season that he would have to have to overshadow what's happened the past year, year and a half. Um
1: and even if he has that amazing season you franchise him. Right. You don't give him a 5-year deal.
0: But I mean, would anybody? If,
1: right, I don't know. If, With Dallas? I don't know. That's I don't know. I mean, it's be really interesting.
0: I mean, when is when is the time to buy Bryant then? Do you if you haven't bought him already? And Juju looms. Maybe maybe now is the time to buy Bryant. It, it, assuming, of course, if you haven't already, you sh- you should have earlier if you're a fan, but, you know, you, you you can't wait until
1: training camp. Not if he's lighting it up and he's running with the ones and, and you know, what's one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah. It, Williamson, that Williamson NFL is getting a conundrum here.
0: Yeah. He, he should have, he should have traded for Brian a few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> he could have got him for the, for one second rounder, I think.
1: Yeah. Maybe two, six would have got it done. Well, the offer is going in for two eight and one thirteen as we speak. Proposed trade, boom.
0: All right. Keep us up to date on that. <laughs> okay. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.